0: CHAPTER SIX OF A LAD OF METAL This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ryan Jacob A LAD OF METAL By Nat Gould The Distant Shore The Distant Shore made a quick voyage towards Australia, and her captain felt sure of beating the sailing record by two or three days. Captain Manton had taken a great liking to Edgar Foster, who spent many a pleasant hour in his cabin with him. On this voyage Captain Manton was accompanied by his wife and child, a bright little girl about three years of age. The child was very fond of Edgar, and he played with the little one on deck for hours at a stretch. "'I never remember a more favourable voyage,' said the captain to Edgar one morning. "'We ought to be in Sydney Harbour in the course of two or three days.' "'Looks as though we are going to finish with a squall,' he added, pointing to the restless clouds overhead. "'I am quite anxious to weather a storm before we get to our journey's end,' said Edgar, smiling. "'Or I shall fancy I have not been to sea.' "'Your wish is likely to be gratified,' he said. "'But the distant shore is a good ship, and it will be an uncommon bad storm she cannot sail through safely. "'With a good ship and a clever captain we have not much to fear,' said Edgar.' Is little Ava coming for the morning romp. Should have been quite lonely on board without her. Edgar held out his arms, and the child ran into them. He lifted her above his head, where she laughed with delight, and looked at her father with merry eyes. Pass her on to me, said Captain Manton, and Edgar tossed her into her father's arms. Back again, she cried, and she was tossed to Edgar again. The captain watched them for a few moments as they played on the deck and then cast an anxious look at the sky. He knew they were in for a storm, probably a bad one. During the night, Edgar heard the vessel creak and groan, and her timbers strain in a most unusual manner. The sailors were hard at work on deck, and he knew the storm must have burst upon them. He turned over in his berth, and felt thankful that distant shore was a safe vessel, and her captain, a trustworthy seaman. Edgar had some difficulty in reaching the deck next morning, not a single passenger was in the saloon as he staggered through, holding on first to one thing and then another. You'd better keep below, sir, said one of the stewards. You'll stand a good chance of being blown overboard if you venture on deck. We are finishing up with a real bad storm. That's just what I want to say, said Edgar. You can't get out that way, said the man. The hatches are down. Come this way and I will show you how to get on deck. Edgar followed the man to the forepart of the ship and was well knocked about during the journey. Go up there, and you'll be able to see what it's like before you go on deck, said the steward. Just as well to look before I leap, I suppose, said Edgar. I don't think you'll want to leap on deck when you've had a look out, was the reply. Edgar climbed up the steep steps, holding on with all his might. When he reached the top, he saw there was a thick glass with bars across it. He could see well enough through the glass, and the sight almost took away his breath. A huge wave towered high above the ship, Edgar thought if it came over the deck, the vessel must surely go down. The distant shore gave a mad plunge, and he nearly lost his foothold. The ship seemed to dive down to the depths of the sea, and then, coming up again, shook herself all over. On second thoughts, Edgar decided to remain where he was, or rather, down below in the saloon. Captain Manton entered a few minutes after Edgar succeeded in finding his way back well my lad you've got a storm at last said the captain i hope you are satisfied my wife and eva are in their cabin and i don't think they are quite so pleased as you are about the weather it will get worse before it mends worse said edgar why it's blowing a regular hurricane and the sea is running as high as the ship how did you find that out said captain manton i gave orders no one was to be allowed on deck edgar explained and the captain was satisfied so you do not like the look of things he asked no said edgar i think i am safer here although i confess i feel a little queer captain manton smiled as he replied "Sea sickness will soon cure you of a longing for storms i'd advise you to turn in before you have to be carried to your berth oh, i was not so bad as that said edgar it will pass off no doubt said the captain with a meaning smile All that day the storm raged, and the distant shore battled with it. As night came on, Captain Manton became anxious. He knew they were nearing the coast of New South Wales, and the wind was driving them straight in that direction. He tried in vain to alter the ship's course, but he could not keep out to sea. Some uncontrollable current appeared to drive the vessel along. As the night wore on, there were no signs of the storm abating. In fact, the gale was worse than ever. A terrible crash made everyone on board quake. A huge sea dashed over the ship, sweeping her deck well-nigh clear. The boats were smashed to atoms, two sailors were washed overboard, and Captain Manton was dashed against his cabin, and almost stunned. Before the distant shore could right herself, another merciless sea swept over her, and at the same moment the rudder chain snapped, and the vessel swung helplessly round. Captain Manton at once realized the danger they were in. By the fitful light of the moon, he saw the terrible havoc the waves had made on deck. Then he saw something that made his heart quail. It was the flashing of the light from South Head Lighthouse. Well might a brave man tremble at the thought of being dashed to pieces on those great rocks. His ship was no longer under control, and he could do nothing to save her from being driven to destruction. Had the steering gear held firm, he might have tried to dash through the heads into the harbour. That would have been a mere chance, but even this small as it was, had gone. Despair seized upon him and held him in chains, but he burst the bonds at the thought of the lives of those on board. There was still some distance from the heads. The light flashed out many miles to sea. He must prepare them as quietly as possible to await their fate. Leaving the mate in charge of the vessel, he went below. He made for Edgar's cabin and entered without knocking. Edgar was wide awake and dressed, and he knew there must be something wrong when he saw the captain what is it said edgar any danger and he tumbled out of his berth you are a brave lad said captain manton and i have come to you first there is no time to lose we are in deadly peril i have no control over the ship and we are being blown straight for the rocks what can i do said edgar he was pale but perfectly calm "Very little said captain manton but you can set a good example A panic will only make matters worse. If the passengers are kept under control, it may be possible to save some of them. Will you call them up in the saloon cabin? Tell them to dress, and try and calm them. I will tell my wife and take her and Ava up with me. You will find them in my cabin. If it comes to the worst, do what you can for them. I must stick to the ship. I'll save her if I can, but I see no chance at present. Goodbye. He held out his hand, and Edgar gripped it hard. They looked firmly into each other's eyes. They were not afraid of facing death. Edgar seemed to have grown older, and Captain Manton saw the look of determination on his face and thought to himself, This lad will not fail me. He will give his life to save those I love. Goodbye, said Edgar. And without another word, he went to rouse his fellow passengers. So well did he accomplish his difficult task that, Although the peril they were in was understood, there was no panic. Happily, there were very few women and children on board, and the men behaved well. It was an awful sight, Edgar thought. The saloon filled with people hastening to their death, waiting their summons from the captain. All hands on deck! Which meant they were to sell their lives as dearly as possible. The very suddenness of the danger appeared to have taken all sense of fear away. Not a word was spoken. The sobbing of children, and the half-smothered, heart rending groan of some poor mother could alone be heard a great rush of wind followed by a loud shout aroused them all hands on deck edgar led the way and then stood by while the women and children were helped up the stairs the men followed edgar was the last to leave the saloon once on deck he saw what their danger was and from whence it came the lighthouse stood high up on the rocks flashing across the sea and they were so near now that the rays lighted up the faces of those in deadly peril on a doomed ship. Edgar forced his way towards the captain's cabin, and found Mrs. Manton and Ava crouching down, overcome with fear. He spoke a few words of encouragement, and little Ava looked up into his face with wistful eyes. Then Edgar looked round the ship as the light flashed on it again. He saw pale, blanched faces all around him, men clinging in desperation to ropes and bars, and women holding their children fast, themselves held by strong men's disengaged arms. It was an awful sight, but Edgar felt no fear for himself as he looked at it. He thought of the grand voyage they had gone through, and how near they were to their destination. The good ship was struggling on, and after going these thousands of miles, was to be dashed to pieces at the very entrance to the harbour of safety. His mind wandered to those at home, and he seemed to see his father and sister sitting in the dear old room at Elm Lodge, as on that last night in the home he loved so well. Their voices seemed to ring in his ears, giving him hope and encouragement. He smiled faintly as he imagined he could hear his father say, "'You're in a tight fix, my lad, but never despair. Be brave and fight to the end.' A loud cry of despair echoed through the night. It was wafted to the watchers on the rocks, who stood there helpless unable to lend a hand to save the men and women going to shore destruction. Again it rose above the roar of the sea, and Edgar shuddered as he heard it. Well might the doomed ones cry aloud. To the right of them, not many yards away, yawned a large opening between the gigantic rocky heads. Through that opening lay safety and rest, and yet no power on earth could drive the distant shore through it. Facing them was another gap, but there was no opening there, the solid rock rose straight out of the sea on came the distant shore through the boiling seething mass of waters captain manton stood at his post once he cast his eyes in the direction of his cabin and a satisfied smile played over his face as he saw edgar there my life for theirs O god he cried he was not a man given to many prayers but he believed his cry would be heard edgar looked ahead he saw the vessel heaved high upon the waves he saw the merciless rock in front. There was not a moment to spare. He rushed into the cabin. Give me Ava, he said. You will have a better chance alone. The mother pressed her child to her heart and smothered her with kisses. Edgar snatched the child away and sprang out of the cabin. The same moment there was a terrific crash, a rending and splitting of timbers, cries and groans, shrieks for help, and strange, unearthly sounds. Edgar, the child firmly clasped in his arms was hurled against the side of the vessel he felt it give way and as he glanced round he saw the ship shattered into a thousand pieces and great timbers hurled high into the air then he felt the water rush over him he was lifted off his feet and flung into the furious waves with little ava still clasped firm in his arms end of chapter six read by ryan jacob